0: So we're going to read from Acts 21, 1 through to 15. After we had torn ourselves away from them, we put out to sea and sailed straight to Kos. And the next day we went to Rhodes, and from there to Tipara, Patara. we found a ship crossing over to Phoenicia, went on board and set sail. After sighting Cyprus and passing to the south of it, we sailed onto Syria. We landed at Tyre where the ship was to unload its cargo. We sought out the disciples there and stayed with them seven days. Through the Spirit, they all urged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. Through the Spirit, they urged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. When it was time to leave, we left and continued on our way. All of them, including wives and children, accompanied us out of the city. And there onto the beach, we knelt to pray. After saying goodbye to each other, we went aboard the ship and they returned home. We continued on our voyage from Tyre and landed it. P T O L E. M. I. A. I. S. I can't even spell it. I don't know how pronounce. Ptolemais. Any guess? Ptolemais. Simon P. That makes sense. Where we greeted the brothers and sisters and stayed with them for a day. Leaving the next day, we reached Caesarea and stayed at the house of Philip the Evangelist, one of those seven mighty men that were chosen. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. After we had been there a number of days, a prophet a prophet named Agabus came from Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt and he tied his hands and his feet with it and said, the Holy Spirit says, in this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the people then pleaded with Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. And then Paul answered, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. When he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, the Lord's will be done. After this, we started on our way to Jerusalem. Some of the disciples from Caesarea accompanied us and brought us to the home of Manasseh where we were to stay he was a man from Cyprus and one of the early disciples it's a challenging verse if you read Acts from the start you understand that Paul is a mighty man of God and although he wasn't a very early disciple of Jesus he did meet him on the road to Damascus what a miraculous encounter when he changed from Saul to Paul and his teaching was fantastic his love for Jesus was second to none. He, he really did know what he was talking about. We know that when he went on the journeys, that he was turned away. I don't really, do not you remember Barbara was teaching us about it? He would that the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them into Bithynia. So they turned away, they didn't ignore the Holy Spirit, they continued through, they, they went a new way. So why is it when we get to Acts 21, we suddenly see the appearance if I may, I don't want to cause any offence, of Paul ignoring direction from the Holy Spirit. Twice, somebody says, Please don't go. In the spirit, I'm saying, Please don't go. A known prophet, I don't know who, a famous prophet of the day. This guy is somebody we've listened to already came and he took his belt. He took Paul's belt. Don't worry, my trousers went too that. I did practice this before I came okay? He took his belt and he banged his hands. And he said, if you go this will happen to you. If somebody did this to me today, what would your honest interpretation of that prophecy be? Don't go. Don't go. If I said to you tomorrow that I'm going to India and a prophet came into the church and said, Ricky, don't go. They're going to capture you. They're going they're to bind your hands with your belt and chains. They're going to torture you. What would you plead for me to do? <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't ask them. <laughs> Maybe some of you would say, go for it. I don't, I doubt it. And I wouldn't say the same for any of you. It poses a really important question. It poses a few really important questions. And i don't necessarily like that style of preaching where it is all just about questions but sadly today is going to be one of those days because i'd rather challenge you to think of these things than tell you my own interpretation of what i believe is the truth if you come and see me afterwards maybe not straight away during the week we can talk about it but here's some big questions did paul ignore the holy spirit can we ignore the holy spirit What is the Holy Spirit saying to you, in your current day-to-day life? Here's another big one. What are you saying to you? And what are your friends saying to you? Because we know in prophecy, we're a prophetic church. We're a Bible-believing, Holy Spirit, Jesus-believing church. We believe in the prophetic. We believe that God can speak to us through His Holy Word. I have my word on my iPad, it's not the Holy Apple book, it's the Holy Bible. We know that God can speak to us through his word. We know that Jesus can speak directly into our own hearts and minds. And we know that Jesus will speak to us through prophets. So if you think in those questions, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? You know you have your own inner voice because it's one of the most common questions I have in church leadership is how do I know if it's me or if it's the Holy Spirit? difficult question, especially if you've heard the Holy Spirit before, you think you'd be well versed and then what are your friends saying to you? Don't go Don't do it We don't want you to suffer and I can give you real life examples of where my friends came to me with my belt and said, don't go Don't go You'll be harmed there don't go. This is not what God has for you. God has something better for you. God doesn't want you to be hurt. Well, hang on, did God say that? Or was that your interpretation of what God said? Because in Acts 1, 20, in Acts 21:1, the prophet bound his hands and said, this is what will happen to you. It was Paul's friends who said, don't go through their interpretation of the prophecy it's a challenging question when I, when I thought of this I wanted to give you an example no one came to me with a literal belt by the way and said you're going to be bound but I have had experiences where somebody's told me not to go you'll all be pleased to know I always went anyway a few years ago long before I ever became a church leader or an elder or anything like that. I was, probably in bed one night. It's often when God speaks to me, I don't know why, I think it's because of the noise of the world. When you're alone, when it's quiet, you actually allow God time and space to speak to you. The Lord showed me two men. One was a dear friend of mine, Francis Piddugu from India, but he had another man with him. And I didn't know this man, and he told me, to do something. I, I don't want to reveal what it is because actually they still don't know to today that it was me that did it. I'd rather keep that confidential. But the Lord told me to do something and I did. And the very next day, guess who I bumped into in rugby? But Francis Pidegu and this man I saw in my dream. I had no idea that they were in the country. I certainly had no idea that he was traveling with a friend, a companion, who was his cousin actually. And I did something. I didn't know Until about three months later, when Alan, uh, who was was in the church in rugby, he was preaching one day and he was telling this story about his two friends from India who'd asked for something. And when they came to rugby, somebody gave it to them. And I thought, wow, I didn't say it, it was me, but it was incredible. When I had that dream and I took that action, Alan invited me to go to India for the very first time. I'd been to India before, but not in that context, not to see Francis and Alison, not to do the pastor's conference. He invited me to India and I just said, yes. If the Lord is gonna to speak to me through a dream about this situation, he must want me to go. But Lord, I don't have the resources to go, that i mean. and I committed to go. Somebody wrote to me, It was was my bank. I always get these two the the wrong way round. It doesn't matter because they're both unbelievable. But I needed money for a flight. And I came home one day and the bank had written to me. They said, dear Mr. Harvey, we are terribly sorry, but we've made a mistake. That's something like nine years ago. We charged you interest on a loan. But because we got some of the paperwork wrong, we've decided to repay you all of your interest that you paid on this loan. And give or take 50 quid, it was the exact cost of the flight. So I said, thank you, Jesus. But I don't want to sleep on the beach. I need a hotel too. So I banked the cheque and I put it in and I said, there you go, there's my flight, and I booked my flight. And the next day I came home, and if you think your bank doesn't like to give you free money, the tax man definitely doesn't. And I had a letter from HMRC, I said, dear Mr. Harvey, we've charged you too much. Here's the money for your hotel. Or they may as well have done it. (laughs) So I booked my hotel too. Do you know, during this time, it, it sounds funny, but you think if I just told you those facts, you would all be encouraging of me. You'd say, go, God appears to be in this. But do you know, there were voices that were telling me not to go. There were people, not my voices, there were people in the church that said, are you sure you want to go to India? It's full of rats, I hate rats. There's a story that goes, there was a guy who went to go to visit Francis and Allison. And you always see rats in India, it's just part and parcel, people live over of course. Full of rats. But there's a story of one poor guy who had a rat in his hotel. And he woke up in the middle of the night and there was the rat on the floor in the middle of his hotel bedroom. That guy was me, on that trip. I had people say to me ricky why on earth are you going to india what can you possibly take to that team of people who are going to india we had an apostle we had a prophet we had two bible scholars we had a doctor of theology we were preaching to 400 indian pastors who put their life on the line every day for the gospel they were far more trained, far more versed in the word than I ever could be. And people pointed that out to me, that was kind of them, wasn't it? You're rubbish, what are you gonna to take to the party? But you know, I, never cho- I chose not to listen to those voices. I chose that if God was calling me to go, then I would go. And if God was giving me the resources, it's actually very similar to the story of coming to Basildon. If God had the call of my life and God gave me the resources, the resources acted for confirmation that the call was correct. And you see that throughout the Bible, that's what happened to me. And I went, but do you know what happened when I agreed to go to India, around this time of year actually, it was a bit later than this. But we had a a Christmas Nativity, maybe similar to the thing we're doing on the 23rd. It was directed at kids, it wasn't uh, a, a very traditional service at all. But I was due to read a, uh, a scripture, some of the Christmas story out of the Bible, and I was stood at the side of the stage, and the Holy Spirit said to me, when you read this from the stage, I'm going to tell Alan and Ewan, who are the two leaders of the trip, to ask you to preach to these men in India. He didn't tell me I had to, he told me they were going to ask me. So I got up and I read the scripture, and the following morning I got a phone call from Ewan. you has been to this church, most of you will know Ewan. And he came to me and said, Oh, Ricky, you'll never guess. But last night, Alan came to me and said, I think we should invite Ricky to preach in India. What do you think? And Ewan said, Yeah, I got the same. Let's go for him. Let's ask him. So again, when they asked me, I just said yes. But it was faithfulness. It wasn't to do with, I believed I could do it. wasn't because loads of people would, go Ricky, you're amazing, you're gonna kill this, go for it. It's because I've heard the voice of God. I had loads of dates. Loads of dates. Do you know we went on the trip and yeah, there was lots of rats and curry and hot weather and it's hot, okay? There's just no way of getting around it. India's a hot place. But if you live in India, you don't feel the heat. So when we go, we get really hot. So we want the air conditioning on, but if you're really cold because the air conditioning's on, you open the windows. So for four days, I sat in a room probably no bigger than this. Have you been to the Catholic place over? Do you know the Catholic school? Yeah. It's no bigger than this. Imagine this room with 400 people and no air conditioning. It's 35 degrees outside. It was the most comfortable I've ever been in my life. But God was in it. We had lots of fun. We had lots of uh, profound moments. In fact, it was affirming to me that I could hear the voice of God. That when I did stand up and preach the word that the Holy Spirit had laid on my heart, that words of confirmation came. A prophetic word came. In fact, an apostolic direction. It well, wasn't me that brought it, but an apostolic direction over the churches came. After I didn't bring that; somebody else brought that. But it acted as confirmation. They were going through a Bible college teaching, and when I was asked to preach. I was told to preach what the Lord laid on my heart and when I told you in what I wanted to preach on he opened his schedule his program for the Bible College and said well that's that section there so you can do that the Lord had revealed to me exactly what we needed to teach on that day you know when I came home this is where it gets significant for us as Living Word that was the day I went to Alan and said Alan I I feel I feel like God is calling me into something. I didn't know what, this was a few years ago. This wasn't when I decided I was coming into the ministry. And he said to me, Ricky, I know, I know. So the Lord told me a year ago that you would go through a training course and then we would travel together. And when we came home, we could talk. It was confirmation that through all the doubts, through all the fears, through all the things that people had said to me, that I had heard from the Holy Spirit. Just like Paul had and people could tell me not to go often but I didn't want to listen there were prophecies for it there were prophecies against it if I'd listened to myself there was no money no experience no chance if I'd listened to others there was no experience and no value and there were rats If I listen to the Holy Spirit we see God's purpose unveiled let me remind you we're not talking about Ricky we're talking about Paul a man who knew how to listen to the Holy Spirit in Acts 13 they set apart Barnabas and Paul and they sent them do you know the thing you forget in that story is that they had to go you don't just get to send me you don't get to send Keith and Barbara to Mongolia you don't get to send Tim to Zambia have we told the church about this not? do you want to next week tim is traveling to zambia okay it's a last minute thing it's a wonderful opportunity to do some social stuff but also to speak into the ministry over there so we need to be praying for tim this week but you don't just get to send us we have to go we have to be obedient to the call of god ourselves and we forget that in acts 13 They set apart Barnabas and Paul. They laid on hands. And that must have been incredibly exciting. But two men there had to give up their lives. And be obedient to God and to the Holy Spirit. And go. In Acts 16. The spirit of Jesus would not allow them into Bithynia. So they turned. Barbara spoke on it a few weeks ago. They turned and they went somewhere else. Do you remember? They were obedient. Paul had the vision didn't he. In Acts 16 again. To go to Macedonia. So he went everyone's speaking through a dream but he went as obedience acts 18 the lord spoke to paul in a vision do not be afraid we know this, we know the pattern right there was obedience he went he goes on doesn't he to say in acts 20 this is going back a little bit and now compelled by the spirit i am going to jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there i only know <coughs> only know that in every city the holy spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me i'm going to basildon billericule south end but don't worry guys the only things i know that god has in store for me are hardships and prison so okay you still want to send me, or do you want to beg me not to go? Should we send Chris in instead? <laughs> Should we send Tim? Listen, Tim, we are not prophesying this. So you are going to have a wonderful time. Safe travels, journeying mercies, the favour of God in your life. I believe that, by the way. Yes. That's real. Receive that. Take that. Journeying mercies. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and to complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Here's a challenge for you. Find out in the Bible where God told Paul to go to Jerusalem. Find it. It's alluded to, it's hinted towards, but there was no. Ricky went up to Keith one day and said, I really feel like you need to. The angel of the Lord did not appear to Pete and tell him to go to up. Go well, maybe he did so. We never had that story. Okay. To Liz. Did you? Oh. <laughs> this is on recording, Peter. Forever. <laughs> Paul's heart was for the Jews the home of the Jews was Jerusalem there was never any question where Paul was going to end up was there there was never any doubt that this was where Paul's life was leading him. and every time it's alluded to that we are going to Jerusalem we kind of knew Paul was going to Jerusalem if you know anything about Paul you know he's going to Jerusalem even though prison and hardship are waiting. Lots of people told him not to go. A few weeks ago, I asked you all, what did you need to walk away from? Another way of saying that is what what was holding you back? Was there a relationship, was there a pain, a heartache, an unforgiveness maybe in the past? That something you weren't letting go of, something that was holding you back, Maybe there was a broken dream or a broken aspiration. Maybe it was a, (laughs) a workplace. Maybe it was a life decision that you'd made and you didn't feel you could change, but you can. Last week, we asked what was stopping you from being the disciple that you were meant to be. Do You know, no one came back to me, I didn't expect you to. But I bet if I came and asked you privately, the answer would be your own self-belief the way you look in the mirror yourself, the way you see yourself, you don't feel forgiven, you don't feel worthy, you don't feel whole. And these are all lies. Two types of lies. There are lies that the devil tells you, and he does. And there are lies that you tell you to. I think the lies you tell you are the worst ones. God could never use me. I've got too much of a past. God could never use me, I'm single. God could never use me, I don't have a theology degree. God could never use me, I don't have any money. God could never use me, I'm missing all my teeth. God could never use me. God could never use me. Well, he used Paul. Paul was a murderer, a persecutor of Christians. He used Moa, Moses, Noah, i those two names, yeah. <laughs> Moa, yeah. created a new character. Yeah. Don't add anything to scripture, <laughs> He used some really broken men and women in the Bible. Men and women, hear that, men and women. He used some really broken people and in fact most of the really cool stories happened with really broken people. The coolest story at all is Jesus, obviously, Sunday school answer. And on that one, he wasn't a broken person, but he had to be broken for us. See so in front of us on the table, isn't it? There's something about brokenness that makes wholeness, that makes healing more significant. If you think about it, we're on a journey. And we could have been on a journey all the way from Gideon on the 2nd of February 2018, if you think about it. Because the message has never changed not Richard's message, this is God's message to this church, to me in fact, I take this I receive this for myself and you should too that God has given you a mission and he's giving you the victory there's only two things holding you back and that's you and Satan I don't believe Satan has the power over you he doesn't have the hold on you so the chances are it's probably you no pressure it's not a lesson in guilt last week Two weeks, three weeks ago. What did you need to walk away from? Maybe you still do. Last week, what's stopping you from being the disciple, the training, think like this is a journey, there's a past there. You have to walk away from the past. There's a journey, there's a discipleship, there's a training, there's a time of preparation, that even Jesus went through three years, didn't he? He did it with his disciples. He went through 30 years of training. Jesus didn't just disappear for 30 years in the Bible. He was in the synagogues. He was with the teachers of the law. He was with his parents. He was learning to be a carpenter as well. That's a story for another day. But he went through 30 years of preparation. He put his disciples through three years of preparation. There's a season of preparation. And today I want to finish before we take a break and go into the Nativity Advent. For the next four weeks we're going to talk about Christmas. about Jesus Santa Claus, Rudolph, I might be be getting my stories confused there, but we're probably gonna, Rudolph's probably gonna make an appearance at some point. But for the next few weeks, and it's gonna be such a significant time, because actually, if you think about it, this is the time of year where we kind of stop and we reflect the new year's resolution, right? Beginning of January. Well, the truth is most of us spend the two weeks before that Probably in more reflection. We think about our families. We think about who's around, who's not. Yeah, Maybe they left our lives. Maybe we left theirs. Maybe they passed on. Christmas can be really hard for some people. Okay, Christmas is a time to be joyous and celebratory. Because Jesus loves you. Jesus came. It is a time for joyous celebration. But don't forget that we live in this broken world. And there is a lot of pain out there too. And this is a tough time of year. And a lot of people will spend these next few weeks suffering. They'll be thinking, who, they, who don't they have? How life didn't turn out the way they wanted it. Even in the happiest household in the world, they'll be missing somebody. Sad truth, isn't it? We live in a broken world. But it's a time of reflection. So that got really dark really fast, didn't it? But I want you to think about it. I want you to think about where has got taking you. Or if you're a Christian and you know the terminology, what is God calling you to or for? Because there is a past we need to walk away from. He called us, he saved us, he died for us. There is a season of preparation. It don't matter how old you are, you're always in a season of preparation because he always has a new chapter for you, doesn't he? There is a season there. So to the recording, can't look at who I saw then. You're always in a season of preparation. But if there's a past to walk away from, and there's a season of preparation, what for? Today. To go. To go. Loving. To go. So today, your reflection for this week is, where is God taking you? Are you still at those early stages of preparation? In a certain season, you could be the most seasoned Christian in the world, but on a new journey. I know a guy in his 80s, he's just a pastor of the church for 40 years, lovely guy, involved in ministry everywhere. And he's just learning how to become a Christian counselor. So he's right, everyone's looking at me now because I think they all know what I'm talking about. But he's right at the beginning of that learning curve. So he's in a season of preparation. When I would go to him with almost any problem I had because of his experience. But in this one, he's on a really early part of his journey. Where is God taking you? What is God calling you to or for? And we would love to have those conversations with you in small groups. What do we call them? Community groups here. We'd love to have those conversations over tea and coffee. We'd love for you to talk to each other about it too. Listen to me. Listen to the other elders. Listen to your friends. But most importantly here, remember the start of this, is listen to the Holy Spirit. What is God telling you to do? Maybe there's a promise in your life that you received once and you've forgotten about it maybe you were a prophet maybe you were a teacher maybe you were an evangelist once upon a time but that was when i was a new christian that was before i learned all the stuff i don't know about that's scary i was good at it once no nonsense it's time to bring that dream back to life if god has a call on you realize it come to terms with it Prepare yourself for it. Acknowledge it and go. Can I pray for you before we before we close? Nice and early today, isn't it? It's almost as if I've got to be somewhere. Can stand. You can stand. Holy Spirit, come and present yourself here. You are welcome here. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done and all that you've given us. Lord, we look forward to these next few weeks as we learn about how you came. Yeah, it's going to be a brilliant story, but we remember the realness behind why you had to come into this broken and desolate world. Lord, you came as our light, you came as our saviour. And Lord, as we wrap up those Christmas presents, we start to think about you and what you did. Lord, we want you to remind us this week about what you want us to do. It's not a give and take scenario. But Lord, we know you have a call on us, as a church and as individuals. Jesus, we love you, we wanna serve you. Come and empower us this week. Come and remove any of those boundaries, any of those barriers that might be stopping us. Lord, I want you to bless every single person in this room and those who couldn't be amongst us today. Lord, at times these messages can be heavy, they're not intended to be. But Lord, we love you. We wanna be faithful followers of you in Jesus name